Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Dare to Self-Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. And welcome back to our community. I am buzzing with excitement over this episode. I cannot wait to put it out for you guys. If you follow me on Instagram or YouTube or literally anywhere, you know I've been talking nonstop about Kundalini, about Erica, about this episode. I uploaded a productive day in my life today on YouTube and it was the day that I recorded with Erica and you could just see the excitement and energy that like was surrounding me and that was you know a Sunday productive day in my life because I do work part-time so today is also Sunday the day before you guys are hearing this so the night before actually I had a crazy busy day today and I'm so exhausted and drained and you can even hear some more raspiness in my voice because I filmed so many videos today that all I want to do is like lie on my face But still, I'm so excited to be recording this intro because I'm so excited about this episode. It truly just lights me up. If I could have Erica on every month, I would. (laughs) So I don't want to even keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's just jump right into what was in alignment and out of alignment for us this week. I'm going to be talking about what was in and out of alignment for me, and I hope you guys are reflecting on your weeks as well. So what was in alignment for me this week was my screen time was down. And that is because I stayed with my boyfriend's family in Long Island, in the suburbs. And I always say this, just every time I'm with him, I don't grab my phone at all. I don't even care where it is, which honestly isn't great because every time he's here or I'm home or whatever it is, I am like not posting on Instagram stories. I'm behind on my editing. And it's not because he, you know, wants to spend so much time with me or anything. Like he has math to study for. He has his own stuff. And so I'll edit while he's doing his own thing. But editing takes hours. Everything I do really takes so long. So I'm a little behind on everything because I was with him this week. But I don't care at all because I was with him all week. I saw my best friend who I haven't seen in months. And I was just super present. My screen time was down by 40%. Not intentionally at all. I just... I live alone and I do content creation so naturally when I'm home in my apartment alone all week long I'm just constantly grabbing for my phone. It is such a bad habit. There's so much work to be done on there and even when there's not work to be done on there and I'm just like unwinding at night watching a show I'm still constantly grabbing for my phone because it's not like there's someone next to me to talk to. So I do think that plays a huge role in it and being home and able to talk to him and just be present away from my apartment that I feel like I correlate my apartment with productivity and like working. So I think it it just felt like a nice getaway and I just wasn't grabbing for my phone and it was really great. I didn't upload as many videos as I normally do, but 
I didn't put pressure on myself. I allowed myself to just enjoy, relax. Don't put pressure on myself to, you know, stay up super late and edit a video or anything like that because at the end of the day, I always preach, sorry if you hear these sirens, we are in New York City. I always preach that you need to take care of yourself first and I think sleep is so important. I try to get at least seven to eight hours every single night so I'm never going to be the person who's going to stay up really, really late to edit a video. I won't stay up past 12. Even if I have to wake up extra early to get the video up that next day, I'd rather do that. I don't want to ever sacrifice my sleep or mess with my sleep cycle by editing really late. So moral of the story, I didn't put any pressure on myself. I just let myself enjoy and naturally my screen time was down by 40%, which I feel like is a lot. And it was just a really great week. So today was super, super, super productive and filming and editing so much, but it was worth it to have a nice, humble, relaxing week at home. What was out of alignment for me this week was my emotions, I would say. And it was kind of a hard week personally, but I don't know. I had an emotional therapy session. I was feeling out of sorts, obviously, because I wasn't home. Luckily, my boyfriend likes to wake up super early. He also likes to meditate, so we got to both meditate in the morning, and he's really good about working out every morning. So in terms of routine, I feel like I still was able to keep most of my routine, but I was just feeling more anxious than usual, more sad than usual. And there's really not much else to say about that. I just think I just think it's time to like recharge. I was feeling anxious about productivity. I was feeling anxious being out of sorts. There were personal reasons I was super sad. So it was just a weird week emotionally. But I do feel like, which we will get into in a bit, but I do feel like my kundalini practice has been keeping me super calm and centered and grounded. So even though my emotions were feeling out of whack, I was way less reactionary, if that's a word, to them. Reactive, that's what I was looking for. I wasn't as reactive to them. I let myself feel what I was feeling and then just move forward. I I used journaling to let out all my feelings. I let all the emotions come out in therapy. I had a cry right after. And I really just like honored my feelings. So I don't think it was a bad thing that that happened this week. It was just not in alignment. But I will say my kundalini practice made it so that it was so manageable. And I was not reacting to my emotions or being hard on myself at all. I was just like honoring my emotions, as weird as that sounds. Lauren Elizabeth always talks about that. Like instead of shooting yourself, just honor your feelings and give yourself what you need and move forward and stop like guilting and shaming yourself over what emotions you're feeling. So we are going to breathe in more of what was in alignment for you this week and release everything that was out of alignment for you this week. Ah, that always feels so good. I really feel like I'm just like releasing everything that was out of whack last week and moving into this next week. Super clear-minded. I love that I'm doing this on Sundays, uploading this on Mondays. It's like a perfect way for us to start our week. So speaking of starting off on the right foot, we are starting off this week with an episode with the one, the only Erica of Evolved by Erica and her Instagram handle is incale.xcale. So Erica is a certified kundalini instructor and she's also the founder of Evolved by Erica. That is a membership where you can get access to meditations, kriyas, which if you don't know what that is, don't worry, you were talking about it in this episode. She gives plant-based recipes, vinyasa flow classes, breath work, and like express breath work, so 10-minute breath work sessions on the membership. So I'm actually personally a member. Clearly it has totally changed my life and 
I will save you my whole story because we talk a lot about it in this episode. But because I'm a member, we have live Zooms every single week and you also get the replay. But every single Monday at 6 a.m., we wake up as a collective all together and we get right onto Zoom, roll out of bed, go on Zoom. And she leads anywhere from a 30 minute to 45 to even like an hour of a meditation in the morning before sunrise. Sounds super intimidating, but it's really not. Especially when you start with her IGTVs. So that's how I got started. One of my friends showed me her IGTVs and I started doing them and they were super approachable and fun and I just felt so good. And I talk all about this in the episode, so I will save that whole explanation of how I felt from the IGTVs. But now that I'm a member... I'm obsessed with these Zooms, so I'm so excited to kick off the week tomorrow, or when you're hearing this, it'll have been this morning at 6 a.m., which is when this podcast goes out, so it feels very aligned, and I'm just so excited to meditate with her and start the week off right. This week when I was at Ethan's, he actually played hockey on Thursday night, and it was the same night that Erica hosted a live new moon meditation. Because we have a new moon in Virgo, so for 30 to 45 minutes, we did a new moon meditation before bed, and it just set me off to sleep so soundly. It was incredible. And I'm actually doing a video on YouTube this week where I wake up every morning for a 6 a.m. meditation all week long. So Monday will be the perfect way to kick that video off by doing it with Erica and with everyone else who's a member doing it live at 6 a.m. And then I'm going to try to every single morning after that until Friday also wake up for the 6 a.m. meditation. So I cannot wait to do that and just see what a shift I feel. If I'm, I'm curious to see if I feel like super exhausted by the end of the week or if I feel so energized from it. So I will keep you posted on that. That video will be up on my YouTube very soon in the next few weeks. I'm actually ahead of my uploading schedule, so I have a bunch of videos to edit before then, but... I'm excited because I have that extra support from Erica and the group to kick it off on Monday. So this episode, we are going to talk about all things Kundalini. So if you've never heard of that before, do not worry. I had her break it down. Kundalini 101, the basics, what does it mean? What do all the terms mean? Frequently asked questions. And then we go into some questions that I've had from practicing myself from you know how to best visualize when in terms of manifestation also I asked her about you know if we should be meditating on these negative experiences in our lives and these negative thoughts we're having or is it better to not bring any attention or energy to those negative experiences at all that's just something that I was you know grappling with so I'm so excited for you guys to hear all about kundalini because it has truly been changing my life my year and I would love 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 if you guys could take a minute on apple Podcasts to raise five stars and leave a review if you just go to the dare to self-care podcast page on apple Podcasts, you can just scroll to the bottom click five stars and leave a quick review all of these reviews are really helping people find our community and that's going to help us get even more amazing guests like erica so please 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 they mean the world to me so thank you to all 70 of you who have taken the time to write these quick reviews i really really appreciate you i saw that some of you are from brazil and different countries it's just so incredible the community we've been able to build let's just get right into this episode with erica i'm so excited for you guys to listen so So here it is. Hi, Erica. 
I'm so excited to have you. I think everyone who follows me on either Instagram, podcast, YouTube knows that I've been waiting for this. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited. Okay, so I have every guest start with letting me know their top self-care tip that has played a role in their success. So I I think we know yours, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, where do we begin? I feel like my whole day could just be self-care if, you know, if our routines allow that. But number one, kundalini breath work. And that's what we'll talk about today. Because before I found... Breath work, meditation, and mindfulness, I was not living. I was not living, period. I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. I wasn't living a calm, grounded, centered life. So yes, that is my number one self-care tip. I love it. Okay, so we're going to get into everything kundalini because I feel like no one really knows what kundalini is. Like Obviously, there are people who know, but I feel like it's not as well known as like TM or some of these other major types of meditations and breath work. So I'm really excited for everyone to just learn all about it because it's truly, I found you January, so only a month and a half ago, and that's how I discovered kundalini in general, and I already feel this crazy shift And I mean, we will get into it, but I just want to say, I wouldn't say I'm like 100% science-based or 100% like spiritual, but there are some things that I just, I can't believe fully because it's like you have to just 100% believe and there's no physical shifts. But with Kundalini, I think the reason that I've just totally like surrendered and felt such a shift is because you physically feel it. Like I feel differently I think differently and it wasn't because I had to push some belief on myself it's like a physiological change you feel through the breath work I'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) but this is why I'm so excited to get into it with you but before we even tell people what kundalini is can we just start with like your journey and how you found kundalini like where were you in your life when you found it absolutely so I was, it was back in 2017 and I was transitioning from like living at home with my parents to moving in with my now husband. And I realized how much anxiety I have experienced in my life was experiencing. And I feel like 99% of my day was filled with anxious or fearful thoughts. And I had a lot of anxiety around health and Uh, you know, being in a pandemic, a lot of us probably feel anxiety around that. But I don't know if it was a past life thing or, or a learned behavior. But I just always worried that, um, you know, you hear these crazy stories of things happening to people. And being an empath, I would take that on and be like, Oh, my gosh, so that could happen. And it could happen to me. And I would just every day, I would call my mom with like a different diagnosis. And my my days just revolved around sitting and thinking about what could go wrong, what was wrong with me, what symptoms I was experiencing. And as I said, I was moving in with my now husband and he pointed it out to me and was like, you really have a lot of anxiety and you need to get this under control. So I was kind of at this place of like, okay, what am I going to do about this? Like, oh, you know, you have that moment of like, yeah. ooh, I have to make a change and I have no idea how. And I, at this time, I had zero faith at all. I was like, you live, you die, that's it. Like, that's really (laughs) how I felt. Um, I never connected with the religion that I was brought up with. And, um, you know, I just never had like, not that I didn't connect with it, but like, I never had my belief system that I felt so strongly about. 
I just, I really didn't have a path, a spiritual path at all. Um, so I came across Kundalini online and I was like, huh, this like ad is speaking to me and we could all relate to that these days. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, the universe or the algorithm knows exactly what we need. Right. So I tried it and I had just gone plant-based and I really feel that if I hadn't gone plant-based, I don't know if I would have been available to meditation at the time because the world was different. Like every year, the energy is shifting so much on the planet and we see now how many people are waking up to meditation. But then in 2017, I didn't know anyone that was meditating in my circle, in my family and my friends. So I don't know if I would have been available to it, but you know, going plant-based helped to raise my vibration and I was open to it. I'm like, huh, I'm gonna try this out. So within three minutes of practice, I had the experience that you were describing earlier. My body knew something was going on and I had no idea what, but whatever it was, it was medicine to me. It was exactly what I needed. I felt relief in a way I've never felt relief before. And I remember being in a soul cycle class and that was like my other form of therapy and meditation before I found Kundalini. And I was with a friend and the instructor said, I want you to shout one word that you want to feel today. And I screamed the word calm because I never felt calm or at ease. And I remember thinking after the three minutes of meditation or Kundalini breath work, I was like, oh my gosh, is this what it feels like to be calm? To not be just like in knots, have your stomach in knots, have your mind overloaded with fear. And I said to myself, whatever this is, I'm gonna keep doing it. And that's what I did every day. And then soon enough, I'm such a geek when it comes to just health and the mind-body science connection. And I wanted to explore it further, which eventually led me to get trained in it to help others. So do you feel like that was a spiritual awakening? Because I feel like that term, spiritual awakening, people are like, what does that even mean? And I feel like I'm just starting to kind of understand what it means as I'm experiencing a shift myself. Mm. So do you feel like that's sort of what you experienced? And can you just talk about, you know, what spiritual awakening means to you? Yeah. So now I kind of feel like we're constantly awakening. So I would always refer to that time period as my spiritual awakening. But as you continue down, you know, into this journey, there are always layers to be cleared and peeled back. There's always more elevating and evolving that can happen. I don't know if the journey ever ends, but during that time, I definitely awakened something within me that brought myself onto a vibrational frequency to be receptive to this type of healing. And I think that's what a spiritual awakening is it's really where you're able to see things from a new perspective and you're able to really clear some of whatever it is that's holding you back from being your most authentic self. So being able to just start seeing things differently with a different perspective, I truly believe is what a spiritual awakening consists of. And I do think that was like my first round. And I think as I keep going deeper and deeper on this journey and following my intuition and my my truth, I'm constantly awakening to more perspectives and understanding. You know, There are moments yeah. after my practice in the morning where I'm like, 
wow, I never saw this situation in the way that I do now, or I was never able to empathize with that person in the way that I am now. And I think that's just another layer of awakening. And it's something we can continuously do. Do you feel like thoughts come up for you? Because sometimes I won't even be thinking about a certain situation or person or idea, and they'll just like come up to the point where I'm like, I feel like I have to pause this to write this down because I don't think in any other state I could think of this. Does that happen for you? I have chills all over my body (laughs) that you're saying that. So this morning, um, my husband was actually in the room with me while I was meditating doing the morning call and I got the download. I actually received this download more than once. So today was like the third time it came to me and I said it out loud and he's like, you better stop doing what you're doing right now. Stop meditating and write that down because that is an idea you hold on to. And it happens all the time. And I know we'll go into more of like the specifics of Kundalini, but when we tune in with the Adi mantra, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Sometimes all you need is to tune in with that mantra and you will clear that that active conscious mind and be able yeah. to receive those messages 100%. Yeah, like recenter. It's like exactly. you let go of everything else that's on your mind and happening and you're like, okay, I'm here now. And exactly. like you, you literally tune in. It's wild. Yeah. So, okay, so you felt like you were experiencing a spiritual awakening, you sort of fell in love with the practice, and you wanted to get trained in it because you were like geeking out on it, from what I'm understanding. Were you working in another field at the time? Did you quit to train? Did you quit to start Evolve? Like, what's the story behind that? Oh, there's so much. Okay, so <laughs> before I found Kundalini, I, was, I started to open up to manifesting. Okay, so I kind of left that out of the story before. So to back up a little bit, right before I found Kundalini, I started to be like a little curious about spirituality. And I I didn't know how to meditate. So I would just start journaling and I would journal gratitude and set intentions. And in my journal, I would write down every single morning that I know that there's something else meant for me. I know I'm supposed to do something with movement and helping people really tap into their best self. And yeah, so that was just something I would constantly write down before I even knew what Kundalini was. And then I'm sorry, I'm I have the chills right now because our stories are really aligned. I feel like I'm almost just like right behind you but I I started with manifestation first before I found kundalini I was saying the same thing like I feel like I'm meant to help people something with movement this is just freaking me out but continue (laughs) this is so weird that's that's and we're both from Long Island Yes. So yeah, so I was a teacher. I, I am a teacher. So I teach third grade special ed. And oh, I just knew yes. And I knew there was just something more that I needed to do. And with that, as I started practicing Kundalini and knowing that there was something more for me, I also started to find a deeper connection to what I was doing in the classroom. So like, although I knew teaching wasn't it for me, teaching elementary school wasn't it for me, Kundalini also helped me gain this perspective to find that job more fulfilling in the time that I have to be there before transitioning and making this full time. So Evolve is growing at a crazy speed, which I'm so grateful for. And I'm sure that will be my full-time job sooner than later. But that comes with, you know, you have to release a lot of things that you've been taught through society and, you know, Mm -hmm. other expectations to really just own that, um, 
that space and I'm there. So stay tuned on that. I'm so (laughs) excited. So were you able to train while you were teaching? Yeah. So I was working a full-time job. I was tutoring for hours after school. I'm kind of just like, I have a hustler mentality. Like Mm -hmm. I love to just help other people. And whether I was doing that through teaching and tutoring or through Kundalini, I just love to stay busy and to feel like I am always moving ahead. So I, yeah. So I would go to training on the weekends on Saturdays and Sundays. It would be an all day training um, once or twice a month for nine months. And I would have to That's find time bad. to do the work. Yeah. Before I would be waking up for early sadness around like 445 in the morning to get my practice in and follow along with the training homework, which was a lot of meditations that we had to do. And then, you know, all the textbook stuff after school. Wow. Okay. So I feel like this is a good time to just, you know, anyone who's listening and they're like, okay, but what is Kundalini? I feel like let's, let's just get into what is Kundalini. Like let's break it down for people who are entirely new, like the basics. Let's just start there. Okay. So Kundalini is different than any other type of meditation because you're using breath work. You're using mantra. You're using mudras, which are hands positions postures to create these angles, stimulate your nerves so that your body has a particular response to that, to whatever it is you're doing. So that's why there are meditations to stimulate the body, to wake the body up. I have meditations that could feel like a shot of espresso only with no of those icky side effects. I could give you a meditation to help you fall asleep at night and help those who suffer with insomnia. So there are all different types of meditations that are specific science-based where we're using our nerve endings in our mouth through the mantra. Our tongue literally taps the roof of our mouth like an input station to tell the brain what to do. Our fingers, the way we hold them, do the same thing. It taps into the brain and helps the brain to understand and how we want the body to respond. And with Kundalini, we're using the breath, we're using movement with the breath to clear up any traumas or old experiences that we're holding on to. And the important thing about that is because we go through life and we have experiences and we become jaded, we take on emotions, we store them in the body. And then when we have an experience, We're acting from those stored emotions. We're acting from those past experiences. So what Kundalini helps us to do is really clear those out and helps us, Satnam, the mantra we always use to end or to meditate with, it helps us to get back to our truth. And that's what Satnam means. It helps us to be our most authentic self who we're meant to be on this earth before any life experiences at all. Yeah. So I actually have a question about that in terms of like the negative emotions and the traumas. Sometimes we'll be meditating and I'll be doing kundalini, I'll be doing your breath work and we'll be told to, you know, think of a negative experience and meditate on it. But I I get like conflicted in my mind because I'm like, I also don't want to be, you know, it's like whatever you give energy to and attention to is what you attract Mm -hmm. and what becomes larger. So sometimes I'm like, wait, this is my like happy time. This is my, you know, meditative state. I don't want to be thinking of negative experiences right Mm -hmm. now. So I tend to avoid those types of kundalinis, but I'm curious, like, what is your, I guess, thought process behind that? And what's the, the philosophy behind that? And like bringing up negative situations during meditation? 
Yeah. So I'm thinking about the one meditation from the negative mind. So there's this one meditation where we're actually asked to bring in any negative circumstances we've experienced and literally exhale it out. So I'm with you. I only want to visualize. I only want to focus on everything I want to attract. So for that, we're really using the breath therapeutically to be able to, I visualize it as picking up and literally exhaling out anything that needs to go, creating space for all that we want to let in. So sometimes think of it this way. Sometimes in order order to get new furniture, you have to get rid of the old furniture. You wouldn't have room for a new couch if you kept your old couch. So we need to be able to breathe through, be aware of what's still within us and what we need to let go of, release that out to bring in the new. But the coolest thing about Kundalini is that you don't even need to bring your focus onto what you think you need to release. It will do that for you. And it may not be through the conscious mind. So as I said before, when I'm in meditation, sometimes I'll get a download, a message, whatever it may be. Other times I'll come out of it knowing, being aware that I have cleared something that I used to hold on to. So, and I didn't even set intention for that. So you don't really have to bring your mind there, the breath work, tuning in, you're already setting intention for all of that to happen. Okay. Because sometimes... I was just like, wait, why am I thinking of negative experiences? Like, why am I bringing up negative emotions? But that mindset shift to like, oh, we're creating space, I think is actually really helpful. And I haven't thought about it that way. So I think that's really going to help. But, you know, going back to what Kundalini is, there's a science behind it, right? Like, like I was mentioning before, I need something that's more than just like, oh, believing in a higher power. I need to feel it and have something work for me and with me rather than just believing in something. There's like a physiological shift that happens. So can you talk a little bit about like the science behind that? And I feel like it sort of reminds me of Dr. Joe Dispenza's, you know, how he always, yeah. So that, okay. Getting your validation on that makes sense because every time I hear him speak about how when you really feel the vibrations and the feelings of how you want to feel in the future and like feel them in the present, there's a science behind, you know, then those things manifesting into fruition. So can we talk about that a bit? So that it's Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's not just, you know, sitting in silence and hoping that things happen for you. There's a science behind it. Absolutely. And I think what you said is the coolest part about it, because once you try it, it's like, and okay, I have so much to say about this. I get so excited. I know. I'm like, I need you for three hours. Can you oh stay here all day? <laughs> I could do this forever. I could talk to you I forever know. about this. So the beauty of Kundalini is that no matter what science says, you know what's going on. So I want to talk a little bit about my experience there, and I feel like it's similar to yours. So in the beginning, when I first tried this, I didn't know what the mantras meant. I didn't know if this was a religion. I didn't know what I was like, say, I didn't even know what I was saying, but I was doing it. And my intuition told me, you must stick with this because this is bringing you to a place you have never been before. So it's, it's this in, intuition where our body is our, and that's also what we're tapping into in Kundalini, we're our best healer, we're our best teacher, and we have everything and all the answers within us. So when we're able to tune in and feel that and just know that this is the right thing for our body, I feel like that is so much deeper than anything science can show me, but it feels damn good to have the science to back it up. Right, right. Right? So- 
Yeah. So for the science aspect of it, like I said before, we're really through the breath work, the movements, the kriyas, the meditations, we're able to tap into our glandular system, our nervous system, our hormones and bring regulation to all of those systems. And we're also working with the chakras and the chakras are these energy centers in our body that are around the major organs and nerves in the body. So through the breath, through the movement, we're able to take that sciency part of it, which is, you know, the systems of the body and align it to the chakras and bring these systems into balance. And you start to feel it physically. You know, I was experiencing so many gut issues in the beginning of my journey, especially transitioning to plant-based. I didn't know how to do it. I was eating like raw foods 24-7, which did not work for my body. I can't Although do it that. does work for others. Although I have to say it's very medicinal and can work for other people. But this practice helped me to be able to figure out like, ooh, what is working for me? What am I intuitively guided to? What am I craving? So it really aligns the science with the spiritual. Um, there are a lot of kundalini meditations that have scientific studies and research studies on them. Shadarsan Kriya is one of them. There is a podcast on that as well about how powerful it is to healing the body. Satanama, the Kirtan Kriya, helping with memory loss. Um, patients that had dementia, Alzheimer's, and experiencing memory loss increase significantly through practicing that. Um, we have the Shabad Kriya for for sleep, which was studied by Harvard, by Harvard and those patients with insomnia or difficulty sleeping experience a lot of relief by practicing that consistently. So, you know, and, and then energetically, we are breathing in, taking in life force energy, not just oxygen. You know, we're, we wouldn't just live off oxygen. There's something that ignites that oxygen with the life force that brings us to life. And by bringing in more life force energy, we're oxygenating the blood we're clearing deposits in the lungs, clearing up and out anything that needs to go, detoxifying the body through the breath and tapping into all of those feel-good hormones, the serotonin and the melatonin. So that's that's all what's going on behind the breath. And then when you bring in positive thinking and affirmations and mantras with that, that's where we then can make that quantum leap into manifesting what we want. Right. So... It's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the gut and how the breath is really like the sciency part of it because before I got into manifestation or found kundalini, I was doing, have you heard of the Wim Hof method? Yes, of course. So I was doing his breath work for like the whole pandemic, like eight months mm-hmm. because I was feeling such relief on my stomach pains and like physical relief. But when I discovered kundalini, so I started getting like a little bored with it. And then I discovered you and Kundalini and what I was saying to my friends in the very beginning when I didn't really understand as much what was going on, I was like, I can't explain anything other than that. The breath work I was doing with Wim Hof was really helping because there's a science to it. It's alkalining the Mm -hmm. body and it it really was helping my gut. But, and I also, I was so resistant to, you know, standard typical meditation. I would get really bored with like the Calm app. I, my boyfriend does transcendental meditation and I'm like, I can't just sit there in silence. So I was like, mm-hmm. so what, what can I do where I can get breath work, meditation and get more into manifestation? And that is what I found with this practice. Like I feel 
Also, as someone who's like you, who's a big hustler, I feel really productive when I'm doing it because I'm like, I'm doing breath work, I'm doing manifestation, I'm doing meditation. And like, I feel like I'm getting so much done and so much yeah, out of it. Yeah, you really are. Right? Physically, emotionally clearing traumas. Yes. It's wild. So I think that's sort of in layman's term, how I would define it is like breathwork, meditation, mantras, manifestation all in one. And it is truly incredible, but it's sort of like the terminology behind it. There's meditations, there's kriyas. I guess we can go into like explaining what you offer on Evolve because you sort of offer all those different things that also describes what Kundalini is. So can we talk about because when I first signed up for Evolve, I started with your IGTVs. And I encourage everyone to start with those. They're so fun and like only 15 minutes, but they fly by. Like I remember I did one like the second week of trying out Kundalini and I realized it was 30 minutes and I've never been able to do something like, like even with Wim Hof, nine minutes was like way too long for me. But with this, it flies by and it just so, it feels so good. And like I said, you're doing things during it. So you're not like completely thinking about, you know, the time passing by. Yeah, totally. It's very active. Yeah. So then I signed up for Evolve because I wanted to just like up level from the IGTVs. I wanted to get into your Manifesting Monday Zooms, which I'm obsessed with. It's like the only way I can really commit to an hour of this is with the group on Zoom and like not thinking about when it's going to end because there's no timestamp because it's live. So anyway, I got onto your Evolve platform And I'm like seeing Kriyas and I'm like, what is the difference between all of these things? So can we talk about that? Definitely. So, and that's such a common question. So I'm glad that you asked that. So in Kundalini, like I was saying before, we're working with mantra, breath work, meditation, Kriyas, asanas, which are postures. So that's one aspect. So the meditation is usually breath work and it can bring in mantra or just be straight breath work. Kriyas are exercise sets where you're doing a lot of movement with the breath work. So if anyone has ever tried Kundalini before, I think they would be very, I know that they'd be surprised to try my type of Kundalini because it's very different than traditional in the sense that I want to make it approachable to everyone and anyone. So when I would go to Kundalini classes, it would be, you know, you would be holding your arms up above your head and chanting for maybe 30 minutes, like really tough for doing. Yeah. Yesterday I was doing a Kriya where we're doing arm circles for about 11 minutes and it's just a lot. But in those moments, you're literally working through stored emotion. So there is so much reason behind it. But I feel like, well, the other thing I want to say about that before I move on from that idea is that The purpose of yoga is to relax, to move through our stress, release stress so that we could relax our minds and truly meditate, get the body prepared to be in this easy pose position so that we don't have to think about how our body feels. We're relaxed. We let go of all stress. We let go of all tension and we're now able to meditate. So that's what a Kriya is. A Kriya is an exercise set with movement that prepares the body for meditation. And also um, there could be a Kriya for the liver. There could be a Kriya for the digestive system. There could be a Kriya for letting go of fear, anything under the sun um, to really help support your body and move that energy along. So when I created Evolve, I wanted to make Kundalini as approachable and welcoming as possible because 
kundalini can be a little intimidating at first i was just gonna say that it's it's super intimidating sometimes with the longer kriyas definitely and it could be intimidating just because of the traditions of it um you know we are as teachers asked required to wear all white to wear a headpiece to contain the energy of the crown chakra um and if you go to a class outside of like digitally it will probably a traditional kundalini class will be an hour and a half and some of us just don't have the time to do that and i've learned that in just a few minutes of tapping into the energy you can access so much so it really was part of my journey to make this as approachable as possible for the people that are working a full-time job plus being a mom plus doing all the things you know so I created Evolve where um, I offer 10 to 15 minute meditations in the meditation section which is typically around breath work sometimes mantra the breath express which is even shorter for someone that just needs an afternoon pick me up or if they happen to have slept in late just no excuses you always need to yeah. start your day with kundalini get into the breath express the kriyas which i usually cut down the times on instead of having them be an hour or more they're about 30 to 40 minutes just so you could get the body moving and prepared to meditate and work through any of that stored trauma or emotions that you're holding on to and then i started an embody flow section last january because i love vinyasa yoga and kundalini has taught me how to really maximize vinyasa as well like i'm really able to tap into this space of where my mind my body is one so i added a little bit of the embody flow consists of breath work some stretching a little bit of vinyasa and some body weight exercises and plant-based recipes are included also in the evolve exclusive because I felt that that plays such a huge journey in my my elevating process, my ascension, being able to eat healthy, organic, plant-based foods really supports my body and my practice. Because if you think about it, if we're detoxifying ourselves through our breath work, if there's less to detoxify from or less mm -hmm. to detox out of us, we're going to get to that space even quicker. We're going to be able to tap into meditation when there's less stuff to work through. And we are right. what we eat. So I want to be like a big stock of celery, <laughs> <laughs> a vibrant, juicy orange. Oh, and then there's another section, Kundalini Kids, because as I shared before, I've worked with kids my whole life, basically. Right. And children are our future they are so receptive to the practice and they are still in this space of creating their own patterns behaviors and thought patterns and we are too until the age of 35 and then once we're 35 we start to really take on these certain patterns and behaviors of thought which can be reversed through kundalini mm -hmm. But um, when we're, we're under that age, especially children, they're just so pure. And to help them build a positive mindset from the beginning, they will have less to work through. We're, you know, we're doing all this work to shed layers and clear right. limiting beliefs. They'll have less to work through. And I think our world will be so much healthier and brighter with more mindful people in it. I love that. So I have a lot of thoughts here. I guess we'll start we'll start with I agree your practice is so much more approachable. I don't think I would have tapped into Kundalini or found it if not for you and like 
even just your IGTVs, you click play and you're like playing a fun song and like, it's just fun where I feel like when you, you know, maybe look up a YouTube video, like what is Kundalini, you find like an hour long, you know, like you were saying their outfit and it's just very traditional and you're just like, oh, I don't, I don't relate to this. So I love that yours is super relatable, approachable, but then when you do go into the Evolve platform, there are these larger Koreas if you do want to advance your practice. And I have to admit, they really intimidate me, the Koreas. But now knowing that 30 minutes is nothing compared to an hour and a half, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can try that. Because I tried it, but I didn't know what a Korea was yet. So I was just like, why are my arms killing me? Am I the weakest (laughs) person ever? But now knowing that like, ever since I've learned more the past, you know, month, like, Oh, yeah. it's supposed to be an exercise. Now I'm like yeah. ready to tap in a little bit more. Oh, there was so much I wanted to say. What was the other part of this? I just want to add, while you yeah. think about that, I just want to yeah. add that we're constantly growing and evolving and like just the same way that you were like, ooh, I'm not so into the Cree. It's a lot for me. I was never into mantra except for the Adi mantra tuning in each time we begin. We always tune in with Om Namo Gurudev Namo, which means mm-hmm. I bow to the divine wisdom within. But other aside from that, I would never connect to meditations where you're just chanting mantra. And it's out there. It's woo-woo. I didn't grow up doing this. Like, right. you know, and now it's like my favorite thing. So it's all a process. It's all a journey. And uh, don't force yourself into any of it. Just let your body and your intuition guide you because that's what you're developing through this practice. You're really developing the intuition and coming to the truth of who you are. And you will be guided there when the time is right. And I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the other thing that you touched on was the embody flows. And I think these are really underrated because like I was saying before, my favorite part of the breath express is like manifestation, breath work, meditation, all of it. And I feel like with the embody flow, you start and end with some breath work and like meditation a little bit. There's vinyasa, but then there's also like, first of all, there's like, it's like pop mainstream music that's fun. And then it's also upbeat. Like it's not just vinyasa flow. Like you jump around a little sort of like the class. Then there's like, some Pilates, like Melissa Wood Health. There's like some Y7 in there. Like I just feel like you pull from all these different workouts, but then there's also the breath work. So if I didn't have time to do like a 30-minute meditation and then go do my workout and like do all of that before work, I feel like Embody Flow is perfect because there's a little bit of breath express in there and then you get the workout and your blood's flowing. So I'm obsessed with that. Did you get trained in yoga or you just totally like develop this from your own experience taking classes? So with Kundalini, we did have training in the anatomy, the asanas and different postures. I just love vinyasa yoga. I was going to go for my certification, but my heart and soul is just in Kundalini. And I knew that with my Kundalini experience, I could still teach a sun salutation because that Mm -hmm. is part of Kundalini as well. Kundalini is actually known as the mother of all yoga. So, so much comes from there. And I, like I said before, deepened my practice of vinyasa and really found a love for vinyasa after tapping into this kundalini energy within me. So yeah, I kind of just said like, what will make someone get a well-rounded workout, 
a very efficient workout, have them feel like they meditated and exercise their body, you know, some restorative stretching, but also like, I need a sweat, like I need to drip. So you're going to drip most likely. Yeah. So that I kind of just pulled it together and was like, okay, I love sun salutations. It's a great way to wake up the body. And they say like 10 or 11 sun salutations a day is like all you need because you're strengthening Mm -hmm. with the chaturanga push-up. You're getting that spinal flex with the up dog and then you're stretching the legs and the life nerve muscle and nerve through the down dog. So you're getting a lot through there. And then with that, when I go to vinyasa classes, I'm always like, you know, I wish like we did a few squats. If we did a little bit of abs, like I need to keep everything tight right? in in a fun way. So that's where I brought in like the squatting and the lunges and the ab series to the music because otherwise it's not that fun, let's be honest. And I only want to do things that make me feel good because I think that there's so much magic and always doing what feels good to you. So that's really where it was birthed from. Well, I love it. You touched on, you know, how Kundalini is like the mother of all yogas. When I first heard the word Kundalini or discovered you and I was looking up you know, maybe other people on YouTube and just like tapping around. I kept seeing Kundalini yoga and I didn't understand if that was actually yoga or if that's just what the breath work is called. Yeah. So that kind of brings us back to how the purpose of yoga is to meditate. And like in in New York, you'll see people all the time, like walk out of the room during Shavasana. And I'm like, oh no, that's the yeah. best part. Like, that's I agree. Most, you know, but I get it. There are moms out there. There are people that have to get to work. You got to get your workout in too. Yeah. But the true purpose of yoga is, like I said, relax the body so that you can relax the mind to meditate. So the Kriyas are more of that yoga part, I guess, because that's more mm-hmm. of the movement. But the ultimate goal is to reach that meditative state. So when talking about chakras, I Mm -hmm. never knew what they were until right now we're doing the morning call for 40 days with your Evolve program. And now I like fully understand what they are because essentially the morning call to me is aligning all of my chakras and just like feeling overall balance and like creating this aura around me through all my chakras. Not sure if that's what it's meant for, but that's, you know, how it feels. Yeah, that's how it It feels to me. Yeah. So... Can you explain what chakras are? Like for someone who is who hears that word, like a few months ago, I was like, what does that even mean? So everything is energy. We are energy. Everything around us is energy. And within our body, we have energy. And our energy can be out of alignment, in alignment, or always fluctuating. So we have our root chakra, which is down low near the sex organs and all of those muscles and and organs down below. Um, We have our sacral chakra, which is closer to the navel point. Okay, so we have our root, our sacral, our solar plexus, which is in front of the rib cage area. All of those organs would be associated with that energy center. The solar plexus is really about taking aligned action. And the kundalini energy is stored. So as much as this is a type of meditation and yoga we're doing, kundalini, it references an energy that lives within us. And it's at the root chakra, the base of the spine. So some of us may have dormant kundalini energy. And some of us, we know we're woke, we're ready, we're flowing. (laughs) Our kundalini is awake and it's flowing through the chakras. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's stored at the base of the spine. It could be awakened through Kundalini yoga. It could be awakened through any type of yoga. It could be awakened through your diet. Like it was for me. It could be awakened through God forbid, a near death experience or a life changing experience. So once we awaken it, it flows from the root through the sacral up to the solar plexus through all the chakras, but eventually comes to live in, in, in the solar plexus. And that's the place right below, um, you know, by our rib cage, below the heart center. And it helps us to take aligned action. It helps us to be Satnam, our truth. And then we have the heart chakra, which is near the heart. The lungs are connected to the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, which is associated with intuition, the crown chakra, which connects us to divine. And then lastly, the aura which some people consider a chakra, some just add that on. So when we bring all of these into alignment, we feel like we're in flow. Things just flow from us. It's not difficult to communicate. Everything is just effortless because we're able to really just be one with who we are meant to be. Yeah, and I don't think I really understood what I knew chakras were energy centers, but I didn't really get it until practicing the morning call and something that was interesting and just speaks to the fact that what I was saying this whole time, which is like, I feel physical shifts without having to like force myself to believe in something like it's just happening. So this week on Monday or last Monday, we had some live zoom for the evolve program. It might've even been the Kundalini 101 the other day. And basically before that, I had been feeling so focused and energized and I really didn't know why because I also like I was on my period I was feeling bloated like I was like it's not what I'm eating or anything I don't really know why but I'm rolling with it yeah. and then we were on <laughs> that zoom it. yeah and then we were on that zoom call and you were like yeah I know a lot of people have been saying from the morning call that pe- that they feel really focused and energized and I literally just had like a light bulb moment where I was like oh my god I've been doing this every single morning. Obviously, it's that. I haven't changed anything else. I was feeling lethargic for a while and burnt out. And I honestly didn't change much except doing the morning call. And I feel so... I never understood what this meant. And I almost hate myself for saying it because every time someone said it, I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel so aligned completely and re-energized and refocused. Oh, hi, chills. It's so crazy, though. I've never reacted this way to something ever. Yeah, and it's like you don't understand what it is until you experience it for yourself. Like you didn't know what aligns felt like or what that looked like or what that meant. Um, I I know. And the morning call, it just brings all of this energy all together for us and that Mm -hmm. like buzzy, sweet sensation that you feel after you're like blissed out. You feel like you're in this like protective bubble. I believe we are. I believe we are. And that's also what this practice does. We're strengthening our aura. We're clearing energy out of our aura. And that's our first line of defense. That Mm -hmm. is our first line. Before you even get to our immune system, our aura is there protecting us from energy that's not in alignment with who we are. So Mm -hmm. I do. I visualize it as a shield or bubble. And yeah, yeah, it's so true. And along with what you're saying, I think this practice really brings that reserved. I mean, it brings exactly what I said. It's just now me putting it in my own words. Like there's reserved energy within all of us. There's higher potential energy within every single one of us. And it's up to us to dig a little bit bring up some stuff that maybe needs to be healed and access it through the breath and then 
voila, your life has changed. <laughs> and it's cool when you're not even seeking it. Like I was just yeah. trying out your breath work to try something new and all of a sudden I feel aligned, you know? Like it's just, it's cool when it's it's not intentional and you're not forcing something and then you just feel it. Like you didn't have to make yourself believe in it. You just felt it. And speaking of chakras and your manifestation Mondays, my first one I did the first like Zoom that I joined for a month or maybe even two weeks, I don't remember, a few weeks, I was doing your IGTVs and I was feeling this burning sensation in my chest that I never felt before. And I didn't think much of it. I thought it was anxiety. I didn't really know. And then we were on your Zoom and someone said they felt it in their hands or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, every time I do this, I'm feeling it in my chest. I assumed everyone was feeling that. And you said something about, you know, that's your heart chakra opening up. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what is happening again? I'm feeling it and not even, I'm not forcing myself to believe something. Like I'm feeling something and hearing how everyone else is feeling it in different chakras in different ways. And it's manifesting in different parts of their body is just so fascinating to me. So can we talk about like what that even means that I had a burning sensation in my chest and you said that was my heart chakra opening? Like, what does that mean? Okay. So, and this is where I encourage everyone to listen to their intuition and hearing about others' experiences and then taking what resonates with you. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when I first started opening up, I would get this feeling in my heart and it almost felt, this sounds so weird, but it almost felt like nausea in my chest. Like as if I was having that. (laughs) Stop. I literally thought I was pregnant last week. I'm not kidding. I, it's always during Kundalini, I get nausea. Oh my, I'm freaking out. Okay, yeah. So I, this was in the beginning of my journey. I would feel yeah. like nauseous, but in my chest. That's the only way I could describe it. And I'm yes. dying that like you are oh resonating my God. with that. So I attribute that now to my heart chakra opening. I had a lot stored in my heart and in my throat. Before I learned Kundalini and I was trying to find my way in meditation, I would go to guided meditations and it would feel like there was a softball in my throat. And I I would say to the teacher, like, oh my goodness, I don't know what this is. Like, Mm -hmm. And they would say it's energy that needs to be released. And sometimes like, sorry to be gross, but like sometimes I'll burp and like release while I'm teaching because I'll feel energy in other people's chakras too. And, or there's still stuff that I need to release and let go of. Mm -hmm. But our energy centers get out of alignment. So for example, for a throat chakra, if you look up an imbalance, it might say you feel trouble expressing yourself authentically. And I was like, Personally, that didn't resonate with me. I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. not it. And that's where you need to discern what is yours, what is your message, and what's not your message. So for some people, for a throat chakra can be that you're not authentically expressing yourself. And although I felt discomfort in my throat chakra, I knew that was not me. I was Mm -hmm. always very comfortable in who I was, whatever. And then I did more research, did more research. And it another thing that came up is like, you're not feeling heard. And I was like, hmm, let me dig deeper into that. And as I dug deeper, I, there was a moment where I was like, I know exactly why my throat is feeling this way. Mm-hmm. I know exactly why. So, you know, you really need to do the research on your own. Think about maybe why your heart chakra has some healing to do. And you could look it up, look up the symptoms, think about why it may be for you. 
I may have been experiencing that sensation for a different reason than you. Right. So it really, you know, it has to come from you and it needs to feel right and authentic to who you are. But we feel physical symptoms. A lot of people believe that any physical symptom that we experience is all from energy. And that makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense because everything starts with energy, right? Yeah. So when we use our breath, we're able to kind of be definitely able to be proactive and be able to heal and to clear so that this energy is not building up so that we eventually start to feel like heart palpitations or constant sore throats or mm -hmm. whatever it may be, constant GI issues, which right. very well happens from, you know, all of our thoughts and our minds. Yeah, my my stomach issues are 10 times worse when I'm anxious. Like it directly correlates, so that makes complete sense. Um, well, first of all, I'm definitely going to be doing some Google searching after yeah. this about my heart chakra. Yeah. And opening of the heart chakra last year, the year 2020 was all about the heart chakra, and which is weird with everything that yeah. went on. The heart yeah. chakra is the heart and the lung. So uh, this practice helps us to open our heart literally. So to clear up anything that is blocking the heart chakra, being able to have empathy for ourselves, for others, being able to feel grateful for ourselves and others and circumstances that we have in our life. So opening your heart is opening up to this love frequency. And that's what we all want to live in. No matter what we're experiencing, no matter how anyone else treats us, we want to be able to see it with love. And yeah. that, that also is part of that heart opening process. I think something that's been like a constant theme with me and my therapist this year and like something that I've been working on is I've my whole life just given to everyone else and thought like, oh, I don't have a mental illness. I don't have this. I don't have that. And like in my family, like other people were sort of like had their own issues. So I just never took care of myself and always took care of everyone else. And I'm starting to put myself first and I'm realizing like that could totally be the heart chakra opening to like care about myself for once and put myself first. So I'm just having like a very eye-opening moment right now. And that just yes. makes some, that really resonates with me. And you'll have so many moments of revelation throughout this journey. Yeah. And they're so awesome. So exciting. Talking about, you know, the journey. I know I could talk to you for a whole nother hour, but I do want to I want to tap into manifestation before we have to get to the ending segment. So something that I've been experiencing with manifestation, I love it. I've really been loving scripting. It just makes me feel good. It's like an easier way for me to tap into those feelings when I'm writing yeah. it out. Like I can feel the vibration more easily. Where yeah. sometimes when we're in meditation and I have, not I have to, but I'm being asked to visualize, you know, how I want to feel in the future, what I want it to look like. Sometimes it's easy for me. And sometimes I feel some sort of block, whether it's like doubt creeping in or just being distracted and like not able to tap into that. So what is your advice, I guess, for managing that and pushing forward and or just like any best practice for visualization, I guess? Okay, so if you are feeling disconnected from your intentions or be, not being able to like tap into that frequency of all that you want to bring in, I first recommend doing a practice, a Kriya, a meditation that could help release the blocks. I highly recommend Soba Kriya. If you're ever okay. feeling like you're not really aligning with all that you're, you want to bring in, definitely Soba Kriya. I also think that 
sometimes we don't know exactly what we want and we're not able to visualize exactly what we want and that's okay and just be open to the outcome and knowing that it's something even greater than you could ever imagine can still bring you into that high vibrational frequency so we don't always need to know exactly what we want to manifest and exactly what we want what we want to bring in but when we're feeling a little lower vibration another good practice is to remind yourself of all that you have manifested how far you've come and then look at expanders around you like i truly do not believe in competition like everyone around us who maybe has something that we want they're expanders we're looking at them like damn if they can do it i sure as hell can do it so like looking around and using that as fuel to your fire and you know, sending them love and using them for some more love for yourself and expanding. Yeah, rather than the comparison game. Yes, yes, which could be so detrimental. You want to stay so far away from that. Yeah. So just knowing that if it's if you could see it, and it already exists in your reality, of course, it can be yours. Why not? You know what it is? I have such a clear vision that sometimes I'm like, but what if that's not it? Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes surprises come up in your life okay. and you're like well you, you know, know what, what I mean yes and that's really good that you think that way because a fallback of manifesting for some people can be being so set on their vision right and not being able to expand that idea not being able to even think that it could be even better than that or a little bit different than that so any and I'm the opposite come- I'm like too aware of that. So I'm trying not to do that, if that makes sense. So be open to the idea that you will be manifesting exactly what you're setting intention for or something even greater and surrender it over to the universe. My friend taught me that a while ago when I first started manifesting and she would say, um, you know, it's that or something even greater. And eventually with, with practice, you'll be able to see how things start to work out when they don't go exactly how you want, but then it it happens exactly how it was supposed to that builds your faith in those moments to be like okay I trust that it's this or something even greater right I think that or something greater is important because then I feel like I can say exactly what I want but also surrender to or something greater yeah or you could say like or I surrender to the universe to deliver me exactly what I'm meant for right you know yeah I love that So let's go into the ending segment. Unfortunately, I never want this to end, but fun facts (laughs) and favorites. (laughs) Um, What's your morning routine? Okay, so my morning routine is I wake up typically before sunrise. Um, I, the first thing I do, depending on if I'm really thirsty, if I'm really thirsty, I have my lemon water before my meditation. If not, I'll wait till after I get immediately onto my meditation mat and pillow tune in with the Adi mantra. And I, right now I'm doing the 40 day meditation that we're all doing for intuition and the morning call. Sometimes I'll add something in if I'm guided to it. Sometimes Soba Kriya is just so powerful. So I've been on this kick for like the last few months. But yeah, so I always start with meditation because I love exercising and I know I need to work out. But Kundalini to me is truly my therapy. It's my medicine. It's my sanity. It's Mm -hmm. how I can show up as my best self for myself and for everyone around me. So before before I even get to exercise, I need to meditate. But it's not a bad idea to do it flipped because like I said, 
exercising, moving the body can prepare you more for meditation, but this is just for me and how it works for me. So after I do that, ideally, I will either go into a yoga flow or go for a beach walk or do some type of cardio or exercise. Right now in the winter, my soul bike sometimes, if it's too cold for a beach walk. And then after that, I am getting back on my cold shower game. So it's hard. It's easier when you're sweaty, but like having like not a hot, hot shower, but like a cooler shower and then towards the end, making it a little bit colder. It's so good for the skin. It completely cleanses your aura and releases everything that needs to to go, any energy you're holding on to. So, and that's a really big part of Kundalini practice too, making sure that you're getting your cold showers in. And then always lemon water, sometimes a hot cacao, never caffeine because Kundalini gives me all the energy I need, never need anything added. And then a green juice. And I drink a pretty big green juice until I'm ready for lunch. So interesting because I've, something I've been like struggling with figuring out is coffee before or after. I started with drinking coffee first because I wanted to be really focused and I'm very addicted to caffeine and I'm aware that it's a problem. But so sometimes I'm like, I'm just too tired to like tune in and really be here. So I'd Mm. rather drink my coffee first, but I also don't want to make that a habit. So I'm trying to reverse it. And so the past week I've been meditating first but sometimes I don't know how you wake up before sunrise, get on the pillow or whatever you're doing, and and then feel so energized after. Like I think my caffeine addiction is a problem here. Okay, so <laughs> the sleepier you are getting into Kundalini, the better because. Really. Okay. Yes. So when you are tuning into Kundalini in the morning. That is where you're healing all the past traumas. You're not in your conscious mind yet. You're not working through any scenario you've experienced throughout your day. You're not clearing anyone else's bad energy from you that you may have encountered because you haven't encountered anyone yet. And by going into it straight from sleep, you're able to get into those deeper brain waves a lot faster. So like the goal is like the gamma waves where they're really super deep, a deep, deep meditation. And by doing it as early as possible and quickly as soon out of bed as possible, you're able to go deep within the meditation and you're less in the conscious mind. So like if you're around the house, if you're making coffee and then you're like, Ooh, I have to clean the floor today. I don't know. I'm just being random. Like you're checking social media. Oh, yeah. Or your emails start to come in. That's all activating your conscious mind. And we want to stay far away from that as we can in the morning so that we can do all of that preventative work, all of the work of going within, clearing out anything from the past. And that's where the magic happens. Okay. So maybe that will be motivation for you. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. So what's your favorite meditation product, whether it's oils, sage, a pillow? Really good question. I'm going to have more information on that on Monday. <laughs> Coming soon. I'm so excited. This <laughs> oh, will this be up next air. week. This doesn't this air. This will be up till... next Monday. So you okay, can so actually. I can share it. Yeah. I can share it. So, so many people ask me for a meditation pillow and I was always like referring them to the ones I like, but I was able to obtain them and be able to brand them and sell them. So I'm so excited. I'm going to be launching that uh, tomorrow. And my husband helped me a lot with this process because I couldn't take it on myself. But it's a really amazing cushion because it helps to align you physically 
it is so supportive and you your legs will fall asleep much less than they usually do for our long meditations. And it's just so much easier on your back. My back would burn from my shoulders all the way mm-hmm. down when trying to sit in what they call easy pose, which really is not easy for someone that, you know, is trying to sit there for a while. So this just gives you all the support you need under your tailbone. It has a really nice affirmation on it. And I think it also aligns you physically so that everything starts to get moving Mm -hmm. after you meditate, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. So everything could just relate. Yeah, I can't meditate without my meditation pillow. It's from Mindful Modern, but I'm 100% going to get yours. I'm so excited (laughs) because my back kills. Like, I don't know how people meditate without it completely aligns you. Yeah. And it's comfortable. So like even on your tailbone, like you're not feeling that lower yeah. back pain that I it's used to It's a game changer. Yeah. I'm so excited for yours. Thank you. Of course. Okay. So what's your favorite, a book, a podcast, any resource that you've just gotten so much value from and want to recommend? Okay. So in the beginning of my journey, I did not stop listening to Abraham Hicks. I would be cooking, I'd be cleaning, and I would have it on like an audio book. Abraham Hicks is just, first of all, Abraham is channeled through Esther Hicks. And that is like the guidance that she gets. And her spirit guide is Abraham. And the messages through there are just so elevating and helps you become a magnet for manifest. So Definitely love anything Abraham Hicks. Um, I specifically listened to Money and the Law of Attraction first. But the interesting thing was it wasn't about money for me. It was really I told you about my health anxiety and I got so much out of it, even though the title has money in it. So don't let that, you know, bring you away from that book if that's not what you're after, because there's so many golden nuggets in there. Um, Another really good book was Big Magic by Glennon Doyle love that one. I love her. It really explains just the collective consciousness, the energy that we all share on the earth. And I love her perspective on that. I'm reading the new earth. I started it this summer, but it's something that I like go back and forth to when I'm feeling inspired. And it's just such a powerful read and so relevant to everything that's happening on the earth right now. And anything Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza is amazing. So I love all of them. Oh, one yeah. more. The Go Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Ooh. Chopra. That's a must read. So after you like read The Secret or anything about the law of attraction, this goes into the seven spiritual laws because there's not just the law of attraction. There are other laws of the universe, and this helps really to drive those manifests forward. Okay. I have not listened or read any of this, so I'm Yay. so excited. I'm so excited. Gabby Bernstein, I've read her books and she's always quoting Abraham Hicks. So you read like his audio books. Is that what you were saying? I have done a lot of the audio because it's actually Esther reading them. Like I like when the author is reading them. Yeah. So I got so much out of their audio books. Okay. And I'm also, it's so much easier for me to get through things while I'm listening, while I'm cooking rather than like waiting to read. It takes me way longer. So I love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. Okay. Lastly, my favorite question to ask, what would be your last meal on earth? Oh my goodness. This is so hard. I know. I would have to do, I know this is going to sound so cliche, but like, I would just want like the biggest bowl 
of vegetables. Like I'd want sprouts. I would want all of that high vibrational energy in my body for the last time that I was living. And I just believe that energy is not created nor destroyed as we all do through that law. So just knowing that I'd be taking that high vibrational energy with me would be really important and watching that transmute into something really powerful as I transitions. <laughs> I have never heard such an empowering answer to that question. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was the best answer so far. Well, thank you so much. So Seriously. Welcome. I like every question that's come up for me during meditation for the past two months, I've been able to ask and I feel like anyone else who's either curious about kundalini or has the same questions it's going to be so helpful so thank you so so much for joining thank you and thank you for doing what you do thank you so much i appreciate it and thank you for inviting me here and i can't wait for your journey to continue of course i know me too thank you so much you're so welcome i will see you soon Definitely. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.